up, everybody, and welcome to Mostly Film, your one-stop chaotic shop for all things in the world of cinema. I'm one of your hosts, Jonathan McCorder, joined by my beautiful co-host, J.P. Payton. Hey, what's up? I can officially, I haven't been calling him Paton for the last couple of weeks, but I you can officially- sprinkle, You sprinkle it in. But I've officially can't anymore after today, because you've, you've watched- You've weaned yourself off of it. Yeah, but I can bun today, I promise, yeah. after you watched Puss in Boots. That's true. Hey, now that you've seen it, too, that's pretty good. It is good. It's not bad. But we can talk about it more later because yeah. there's there is some things to get into for it for yeah. sure. So we got a few trailers we're gonna break yeah. down. Um we got some some films that JP watched. I didn't watch any <laughs> movies this week except what for the two that we chose. Disappointment. Uh well, I started a new job. I'm a car salesman now. Oh wow. So we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about it. But that's the you know, this is the beauty. All right. I'm thirty one. Mm-hmm. Prime I got, of your life. Yeah, and I've been what I would call stuck in retail for ten years. Probably yeah. for the last six years, not really enjoying it at all. And I talked last week, I'm not in it anymore, obviously, got fired. This has been the best 10 days of my entire life. Like when I came home today from the car lot, Abby goes, you just, this is the happiest I've ever seen you coming home from work. Yeah. Like you can't put a price on that. No leeches. Yeah. No like, leeching on your, your emotions, no, your time. Nothing. Yeah. Like I didn't sell a car today, but you know what? I don't care. Hey. And like not like in a, like a not motivated lazy way, just yeah. like if that's the only concern I have, that's easy to like compartmentalize and move on. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not worrying about all the politics of who did what, who didn't do this, who called into work, who's going to be staffed, all this other stuff, or like what my dick DM thinks about things. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, it's very singular. Like, yeah, you're, you're like, just worried about yourself. Yeah, my, yeah, you're not the boss. Yeah, well, I that's actually the thing. I'm kind of am the only boss. You're the boss of yourself. Exactly. It's great. Yeah, it's great. And the other job I'm looking at is kind of the same way. Yeah. Then the other job I'm looking at is definitely not. <laughs> no, these are all things to consider. But they all are definitely better than where I was. So yeah. I think wherever I end up is going to be better than where I was by a long shot. So I'm happy about that. Also, before we get into any of the other news, I got big gaming news. I've been talking about it for a long time. It's been like a year and a half since uh, Microsoft, well, Xbox through Microsoft, um, bought out Activision Blizzard for nearly $70 billion with a B. It's been in litigation forever, yeah. but it's now been cleared by 40 countries, including the 41st, which is the United States of America. The, our government's Federal Trade Commission, FTC, took Microsoft to court over it, and they had a whole week-long trial, uh, which the judge, uh, a federal judge, ruled in Microsoft's favor, to which the FTC ap appealed it to the circuit, which is one below the Supreme Court, and the circuit sided with Microsoft. So... Uh, it's officially cleared in the United States. They're trying to appeal it to the Supreme Court, but the Supreme Court, they ch pick and choose what cases they take. They're not going to pick up act, uh, Xbox by an Activision. Anyway, so now their last hurdle is England. They're the last holdout, um, but now they are open to renegotiate. So it's passed. Uh, Microsoft will acquire Activision uh, and probably close in the next few weeks to a month. And that's exciting to me because... Listen to this. Listen to this. You're, you're a gamer to, to, to a point I to understand up. these. I keep up. Xbox now will own. And because PlayStation waited, they got a, a year ago, they were offered a contract to keep all Activision Blizzard titles on PlayStation. Yeah. They turned it down because they thought it was going to get blocked, which is the arrogance of... And that, that, that Xbox would do the same thing if they were in the lead. When you're the market leader like Sony, yeah. you just assume everything's going to go your way. Well, this didn't. And now the new deal they signed only Call of Duty for 10 years. Nothing else. Everything else will be exclusive to Xbox and PC. 
It's crazy. That means Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. Spyro the Dragon. All going back. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Guitar Hero. Because Phil Spencer is a huge Guitar Hero fan. He's going to reboot it. Wants to. Like, those are some IPs people forget about. Yeah. So you add Crash, let's just go to Crash and Spyro. Those are like mascots for PlayStation. You associate those with PlayStation. Well, now you bring them to Xbox. You have Banjo-Kazooie, who's an Xbox exclusive. Yeah. You have, um, there's another platformer on Psychonauts, Cuphead, Ori. Like now Xbox is looking at like the home of the platformers and like kind of kid stuff and Super Lucky's Tale. Yeah. Like I'm ex- Conquer the Squirrel. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. Plus now Call of Duty is going to be, they'll have all the exclusive DLC. It's a good day to be an Xbox fan. You know, I'm happy. I've been talking about this forever. And like, I literally could have cried when I saw that it passed. So, and the fact that all these Xbox game or all these game pass or mother trucker, all these call of duty games are going to go on game pass, meaning the servers for like call of duty four and modern warfare two and black ops one and two are going to be live again. I can go jump into a lobby in those old call of duty games. Yeah. I'm living for, I can't wait. I can't wait. So for all you gamers out there, eventually mostly gaming will come around. Until then, just know that I'm celebrating Microsoft's acquisition of Activision and Blizzard. So, there's that. That's that. That's 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 what I've been keeping up with since I didn't watch anything. That's what that's what I've been doing. What have you What have you done? I honestly um, have been pretty busy watching movies. You watch movies. I I watched some movie when I had some chance. My life. I watched the movie. Yeah, I've watched the movie. Uh, I don't know, man. It's you. You were saying your life's kind of been. In flux, and yeah. but it's been good. A good flux. Um, it didn't feel like it. I mean, yeah. originally it felt good, but like it's scary. You know, flux yes. is scary sometimes. Yeah. Those turbulent waters, they can be, you know, unsettling. You don't know how you're going to ride them out. But um, but yeah, it's kind of been the same for me, but I've tried to just manage my life a little bit better and, uh, you know, just taking it day by day. It's been good. Um, going to be going on vacation in a couple weeks. We're going down to Daytona, so... That's Abby asked where you're going. I wasn't yeah. sure if it was for a day or for a week. Yeah, we go to Daytona for a whole week. And so that's uh that's always fun for us. So we're looking forward to that. So So just, y'all won't be there that Sunday? No. Nope. We will not. They're a guest preacher. Or no. is that a different side of the family? Different side of the family. Okay. Yeah, we go with Caitlin's mom. Okay. Yeah, her family. Uh so yeah, it'll be fun. Um but yeah, other than that, you know, we got I mean, we got much. big news though. Big news for Friday, this Friday. Oh yeah, this Friday. We will definitely be watching some movies to talk about. Yeah, we're going to see Oppenheimer and Barbie. I'll be seeing Barbie back to back days. Doing the old double feature. Yeah, I'll be seeing Barbie Thursday night. That's still crazy. And Friday now, so that's okay. I'm excited. I'm I'm going to make sure to not sit by you during Barbie because I don't need any. I don't talk during movies. Okay, good. I'm even if I've seen it before. I don't like that. I don't like people talk to me during movies. And like, we're going with a bunch of people we've met on Letterboxd, which we haven't talked about Letterboxd a lot outside of saying we log movies. Because I, I quit writing reviews for it. Because in the last few six months of life has been chaos anyway, so I haven't really had time to do that. Maybe now. Shoot. I had probably seven hours of nothing today. I could have totally, totally <laughs> wrote reviews. Um, one guy watched like a whole season of an anime today. We were sitting in the car lot. <laughs> so that's another good thing. They do not care. They do not care what you do, oh why gosh. there's no one on the lot. So, because what else is there to do? Nothing. Nothing. 
So anyway, learn about cars, learn about catalytic converters, learn yeah. about pistons. They were talking about power strokes and stuff. I was like, we talking about wanking? Talk about what kind of strokes we talking about? They're like 1.7 power stroke. Uh, see, I don't know. That's not enough torque for me. Yeah. Um, now I'm talking about my hand. Okay. Anyway, so listen. Yeah, we got Barbie and Oppenheimer this week, but we are going to see it in that order. Barbie Oppenheimer. Yep. So some would say that we are sick and twisted. No, but it's Bar Bar uh Bob Barbenheimer. Barbenheimer. That's how it is. Yeah. So we're doing it right. Some would some would say the the more popular opinion, socially correct opinion, is to get brought down then lift up. Yeah. I'm the opposite. I am too. I want to go get hyped up on Barbie, and then I think it'll be. I want to feel the full weight of yeah. Pure I think it'll despair. be more sobering. Which is going to make Oppenheimer more impactful to me. Should we talk about this just for a second? Yeah, sure. So what are your expectations going to these movies? Is I, one one obviously going to be better than the other? Do you expect no. these to be even? I think they're going to be very even in really? totally different tonally ways. Yeah. Um, I've been very careful to avoid everything right now because there's too much press about Barbie specifically right now. Yeah. I've Anything that's not just like a red carpet thing, I'm avoiding. Okay. Because I don't... Not, not that like for spoilers, I just... Like there was that music video with Ryan Reynolds. It's yeah, Ken that's in the movie. It. I don't yeah. want to watch that. Like, yeah. I, I haven't watched it. Same. Um, so I'm just very mindful of what I read right now because it's I only have to wait a few more days. So yeah, exactly. Move on. You know. Um, but no, I think Oppenheimer is going to be the awards vehicle going into the Oscars. I think Barbie will get a quite a few visual noms. I'm not sure you'll get any like best actor noms for this. I don't think. Maybe Margot Robbie. Maybe I don't. But I just don't see this anything for <laughs> Gosling. But in terms of like just being quality of film. I think they're both going to be probably four and a half, five star films for me. Yeah. Um, just obviously just totally different. I, I'll be honest. My confidence has been wavering. I told you like, I told you early, early on, like truther. Barbie is for real. It's coming. Get I mean, ready. the early reviews on it are high. So I've just, I've seen so much. I'm one of those people. It's like, Hey, I found this band for everybody else. And the moment everybody starts talking about it, I'm like, Ooh, is this band really that good? Yeah. I'm feeling the same way about the movie. And okay. I'm scared. I think it'll be great. And I hope it's great. I want it to be great. I want to talk to my children one day and say, I saw this, you know, whenever, so many years ago. It's still amazing. Um, but I still feel 100% confidence that Oppenheimer's like, like literally and figuratively going to blow my mind. I think I, um, I'm very sure it will. I think the talk about just the the cast chemistry, like the whole everyone singing Nolan's praise as far as like the script, which again I think is is huge because Nolan can be hit or miss yeah. on a script. Um, it all depends on the concept of the movie. Um, you see examples of like Inception and Tenet, uh, Interstellar. Well, but have you then seen you, Insomnia? But then you get Insomnia, then you get Prestige, and like there, yeah. it's it's. Man, you might be selling me on him for our Thursday conversation. So I think it'll be fun. Um, I'm just, I'm kind of glad we're going to see Barbie first. I am too, because I, I think it's going to be unfair to Oppenheimer in terms of, I think it's going to make me like it even better. Yeah. So, and we don't get like more than 20 minutes in between the film because we go see Barbie, we get to take a piss break and they have beer and drinks there. So I'll get a beer or something, go back yeah. into Oppenheimer and enjoy. So yeah, very excited. Yeah. Excited about what we're eating. We're meeting some people we've never met before. Um, outside of Letterbox, so shout out to Tyler and Andrew Greer and Aunt Tyler's friends. I don't know, but Tyler and Andrew we know through Letterbox. They'll be fun going with Dawson and uh, Kyle. 
and obviously me and JP. So very excited. Gonna yeah. be a great week. So um, you know, there'll probably be some good trailers in front of these films. There will hopefully so will be probably yeah. some world world premieres and uh we got some trailers to talk about right now. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to like hurry up with those uh vanilla wafers. I'm having a great time with these vanilla wafers. I can tell. Everybody can tell. I meant to eat oh yeah, Abby's probably freaking out right now. <laughs> she hates it when I'm talking to vanilla wafers or cookies. Anyway, listen, I'm drinking coffee. Yeah. Because I want to apologize. Oh, vanilla wafers would go perfect with coffee. I already drank the coffee. Oh, well, that was... I had wildberry Pop-Tarts with my coffee. See, you drink coffee long enough, you learn to understand that coffee is a delicacy. I, I'm a fan now. I, I know, but you will, like, when I drink coffee at home, and I, like, try to drink, I'll have some, like, you, chocolate you had me with try it. try your icy coffee. The other yeah. Day. I, an iced coffee. It's just coffee. It's all good. Do um, you hear that? Yes, I do. You think they can? I most certainly do. Anyway, listen. What I was saying... I like coffee now. Yeah. 10 days in a row I've had a coffee. And I did it without creamer. Three scoops of sugar. Living my life. So that's all I got to say about that. So we got some trailers to discuss. First one, the retirement plan. Nick Cage, baby. He's and this, you know, he goes from the pig to, or pig, yeah. to like the old way. Or actually, I guess the unbearable way to mass pound. So yes. two wins. Then he does the old way, which isn't a bad movie, but it's not good. Just campy Western. And then you get uh, the, uh, not the devil all the time. Um, Renfield. Oh, yeah. Renfield, which mixed reviews, but I enjoyed Renfield. I thought it was all right. Did you watch it? Nope. It's all right. You can, you can watch it now. Yeah. You should watch it. I'm not interested. We're going to do a cage in review. We don't have the time in the year. We do. We just watch six a week. (laughs) And that's a whole episode. (laughs) Do you? Never mind. I could pick up a very, very unhealthy habit in in watching nothing but Cage. Six <laughs> movies a week. What would be the what would be the habit? I don't know. It could be anything from smoking to hard drugs. It could be, yeah, sure. <laughs> Especially once you watch Wild at Heart. That movie, yeah. man. Yeah, that's been on my list. Oh man, that, that too. was the, well, my goal is to watch I didn't watch anything this week, so I guess that counts because I didn't watch anything except for what yeah. we had to. My goal is to watch one cage film a week. Wow. So uh, which I've done well with. But anyway, listen. He's got a new film coming out called Retirement Plan. What it? Oh, it's gonna bug me now. The Devil in the Details. We watched it a couple weeks ago. The Nicholas Cage one. He like is in the car with somebody and uh, Joel Kinnaman. We watched it. He's in the car with him. He turns out to be maybe the devil. He's in like a red leisure suit. Yes, I don't did. remember watching a trailer with. Oh my gosh! Talk about the retirement plan for a second. So the so retirement I- plan. Um, I'll just read what Letterbox since we mentioned that earlier. Uh, what they have to describe this movie. Um, the synopsis is when Ashley and her young daughter, Sarah, get caught up in the criminal enterprise that puts their lives at risk. She turns to the only person who can help her estranged father, Matt, currently living the life of a retired beach bum in the Cayman Islands. Their reunion is fleeted uh, as they are soon tracked down on the island by crime boss Donnie and his uh, lieutenant Bobo. As Ashley and Sarah and Matt become as entangled, in uh, an increasingly dangerous web, Ashley quickly learns her father had a secret past and he knew nothing about, and that there is more to her father than meets the eye. Uh, yeah, this movie looks like your classic cage, uh, shoot them all, you know, just uh, um, kind of gives me some like a campy old uh, old man. I think that was the name of the show. The old man with uh, Jeff, Bridges? Jeff Bridges, yeah, yeah, but like comedy, yeah, yeah, extremely campy. Did you watch Beach Film with Nicolas Cage? No, or not Nicolas Cage, uh, Matthew McConaughey. 
No. So it reminds me of this, but good. I hated Beach Bum. A lot of people loved Beach yeah. Bum. I thought the Beach Bum was butt. Okay. Um, but this reminds me kind of of that uh, in a lot of ways, but if it was a good film. Yeah. I like this. I like the weird Nicolas Cage kind of stuff. This just looks like Nicolas Cage is having fun. Plus, seeing Nicolas Cage square off against uh, Jackie Earl... I can't remember what his name is. Something on there. Jackie Earl something. And then Ron Perlman. I'm all in on that. That sounds like a great time to me. We got Ron Perlman in our newsletter. I always associate Ron Perlman with as Clay Morrow from Sons of Anarchy, which was one of my favorite antagonists of all time. Um, so the retirement plan looks good. looks like a goofy, fun, you know, role that Nicol- a film that Nicolas Cage is just going to excel in in the best best campy ways possible. Not yeah. like a song be good, I don't think, but yeah. it's going to be enjoyable, which is really all you need from a movie. As long as he keeps making the hits too. And that movie we're talking about is called Sympathy for the Devil. And you did watch this. I don't remember at all. Yeah, it was, I think, last week we discussed Sympathy for the Devil. Devil. But um, anyway, the next trailer we have is The Holdovers. This is a Paul G. Mamati film. And it's <coughs> Paul G. Mamati plays this kind of like bitter, cr- uh, grumpy professor who has to like basically manage all the degenerates who don't do good in school and has to do like a summer camp where they stay over and like a credit recovery kind yeah. of thing. Is that, is that fair? Um, basically it's kind of like that scene in Harry Potter whenever, uh, Harry decides to stay at Hogwarts because, uh, Oh, okay. Yeah. Due to having no family. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was because of grades. I misunderstood. No. I thought, okay. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, Paul G. Mamani kind of like hates students and vice versa. They hate him. And then he bonds with this one who apparently, you know, is orphaned in yeah. a lot of ways and uh, grows to develop a, not a bad relationship, like a sexual relationship, just like a father. Father. Yeah. Maternal. Yes. Paternal. Paternal yeah. relationship. So um, it's like a the, there's like three harsh shifts in this trailer. Starts off with like a 2005 comedy voiceover almost. And oh, then not even 2005. It's like early 90s late 80s like it is it is full-on nostalgia yeah uh like the film grain like it is the freeze frames yeah the freeze all of it it is and then like a minute in it hard hard switches to like the acoustic guitar sadness sadness and then at the end it goes to like a middle ground between comedy and uh sadness and then it ends on like a free like you said a grainy yes freeze frame (laughs) shaky camera still yeah um I'm intrigued by this one. I could also see this, and I could see Paul Giamatti getting some attention for this role. Not this year, man. There's so no. Much. It's loaded. I'm just saying I could yeah. see him being in a conversation piece. Not that ultimately gets there, but like when people say this, they I could see people watching this and be like, Paul Giamatti, dark horse for best actor. There's no shot he gets it because of this year. Yeah, but um, or even supporting both. <sighs> it's hard to it's hard to imagine that. Oppenheimer and uh, Killers of the Flower Moon and like Napoleon and stuff just don't. It's I don't know. I don't see there's a lot of room for a lot of other people no, to get there, in there. There this won't year. be. But no, this was good. It's a uh, focus features film. They they release pretty good films consistently. So um, it's also a very limited cast. There's only four people. Yeah. Uh, which. I think Paul Giamatti is one of the most underrated actors when he's able to just kind of cook on his own. Yeah. So I'm excited for the holdovers. 
I had pretty good. I, I had no idea about it. I, I, mean, I think I'd seen it on Letterboxd as something to come out this year, but um, now that I've seen the trailer, I, I'm going to put that pretty high up on my list. Um, you have anything you want to add on that one? Uh, no, like you said, I it's the trailer did something that very few trailers do now to where it actually kind of pres- kind of just laid out what this movie is going to be about point mm-hmm. blank. Um, but it's obvious that there's going to be a lot of character development, and all that stuff that, you know, I think obviously just sells the, you, you know the what it kind of reminds it? me of a what? modern, I mean, timeline different. I mean, the setting of the film different, but like in terms of releasing in 2023, goodwill hunting. That yes, so I thought this was either like a or Dead Poet good, Society something. It, like that. Yes, exactly. This was a very big impression. I've of said that. this before off air. We should do a Robin Williams interview. <laughs> That's would, a long list. It'd be worth it. Okay. Anyway, um, you know what I thought would be high on my list, like the holdovers that after watching the trailer, I went down on my list. What? Wonka. Yeah. Yeah. The movie itself looks fun. Looks it's, like visually, I will enjoy the aesthetic. So you tell me Tim Burton is directing a movie that Timothy Chalamet is starring in. The, tonally, this trailer, at least, that we saw, was the furthest thing from what I expected. Poor Things feels more Wonka-ish uh, yeah. than this Wonka trailer yeah. does. Um the visual I the visuals are fine. I have yeah. no problem with the visuals. Even like the cheesiness of it. It's Tim Burton. That's you know. I just didn't expect the <clears throat> musical aspect to it. That was a surprise. I also but to me the biggest thing was Timothy Shelmay is a great actor. Yeah. Every piece of dialogue he has in this made me cringe. Yeah. And if that's in the trailer, and like they're showcasing that, like, scratch that. Flip it, reverse it. You know what I'm talking about? Where he's like saying, yes. like, listen down and something up, like look up or something. Yeah. I don't know. It's not good. The best part of this trailer is actually Hugh Grant, Oompa Loompa. <laughs> yes. And like that, you know, that kind of stuff gets me hype. But, you know, as a whole, this just isn't, it didn't, it didn't hit me like I thought it would. Yeah. The only thing you can hope for with Tim Burton is like a, like casting a big vision for the world that it's going to be in. But like you said, it's going to be really distracting with dialogue like that. Yeah. Um, people are actually saying this is one role that uh, Tom Holland was originally considered for this role. See now everybody's saying Jeremy Allen white. Yeah. But he wasn't considered for the role. Oh, okay. No, Tom Holland was actually yes. considered for yes. this role before it was between him and Shadow. Yeah. This is actually one of those times I actually think Tom Holland. It's maybe the only time I'll ever say it too. Yeah, I think Tom Holland would have been better than Timothy Chalamet in this role. I mean, he could use a break. <laughs> Tom, Tom Holland. Yeah. Are you talking about all of his like uh, the <coughs> back shots from the crowded room? Oh <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that and just like man has not had any any success outside of Spider Man, unfortunately. Yeah. Which I mean, when I when your success is coming from Spider Man, that's not a bad. Yeah, yeah. Bet paychecks to go, but um, yeah. So Wonka, it looks all right. Uh, The track, like visually, I'm in, and I'm sure based on the directing, the writing, and Timmy, it's gonna be good. I have faith. I'm just not. My hype did get like someone threw a little wet towel on a car fire. You know, the fire's still there, just a little dampened. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I Um, agree. The biggest surprise of this week is the pod. 
This is an Amelia Amelia Clark and Shotwell no. Edgevar. Yeah, I'm not even gonna try Edgevar. to say it. Just out of respect. Yeah, I just I'm I try not to do my enough. best. You know, um, this is a uh, dystopian ish. We say dystopian fits this. Yeah, uh, I mean it. It is a futuristic. Very soon. So um, yes. Very near future. Um, film where Amelia Clark or everybody has to. If you can't have kids, you basically go get this dinosaur egg that is an incubator that hatches these artificially grown babies. Um, and you carry it like you strap it on your back and stuff and carry it like a pregnancy one. Um, and Amelia Clark wants one, wants one, wants one. Then she gets one, and her husband was against it the whole time. And then when she gets it, it's role reversed. She doesn't want it, doesn't know how to act with it, feels out of place, and he's now obsessed with like this egg baby. Yeah. So it's a uh, what do you call it? A comedy, dramedy, dramedy? Uh, rom com, probably more than anything. Yeah, I, I I'm all in on the pod. This is really yes, this is my type of film, kind of like Biosphere, which is out now, maybe or Ooh, about to come out. Yeah. Uh, this week or next week? I think today, actually, July seventeenth. Today, seventeenth. Yes. Yeah, I think it came out today. Um, I I mean, it could easily. I say I'm very excited about this. But this could easily be a huge miss. And be very boring, pretentious. I could see that too. Yeah. But for the trailer purposes, the pod sucked me in. The visually, it looks like it's all practical effects, which I love that for this kind of film. Uh, elaborate prop design. And Amelia Clark looks like she was born for this weird, quirky kind of role. So sign me up for the pod. Did it make an impact with you or are you just going to meh? Um, yeah, I mean, it looks intriguing enough i think the concept of the movie is one that we haven't really seen much but the 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 premise of the movie is different but the world seems kind of familiar if that makes mm-hmm. sense like we, we see these types of movies more often now than anything um and yeah i think there's a uh, a lot of potential there um so i'm in i'm in on the pod I am uh, looking at our next trailer. Yeah. <clears throat> to see exactly what it is. So Ryan Reynolds, I've seen some headlines about it, but I never saw what it was. I didn't see anything. Is has a 15 episode. It's an episodic one. Series coming out called Bedtime with Ryan. Bedtime Stories. Oh, Bedtime Stories with Ryan. <clears throat> it's a 15 episode series directed by Vincent Pion. It's produced by Maximum Effort. And in partnership with Fubo and Art Class and Loon Productions. Okay. I there's a reason adults are drawn to bedtime movies. Bedtime story would be detracting to the mind of self-sabotaging thoughts. Everything I've read about this is it's not a comedy. Outside of Ryan Reynolds being cheeky. But yeah, I'm, I'm tell you, it feels like a very sincere like movie or a series or whatever. Like and that like what I told you, like the trailers shows Ryan Reynolds in his pajamas, like in this, like, uh, what's that, what's that TV's, uh, show, um, science theater, mystery science, theater mystery science theater, like that type of setting. And <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is like talking and not sultry, just like very, just sincere. I don't know. He just does not have that soothing type of voice. Um, that I imagine someone reading me bedtime stories. Um, it's playful and kind of like 
whimsical, I guess, but it's, I don't know. It's just a weird, weird pull. Yeah. It, um, so I just read a synopsis from Ryan and the director. Bedtime Stories with Ryan will run for 15 episodes and find Ryan Reynolds reading new and classic bedtime stories in an attempt to soothe your mind and soul and also his own. It could be good, but I'll I'm not going to just because I want to see it. Yeah, I'm not going to be interested in it. Yeah. I, well, it's coming on Fubo TV, so I don't have Fubo TV anyway. I thought it was coming to Netflix, though. Oh, maybe it is too, but Fubo TV is whose it is. But okay. Was it a Netflix trailer? I thought it was. Maybe it was. So I was I confused. Uh, but anyway, that brings us to our last trailer, which is a Netflix thing, uh, which I should just put Painkiller in here too if I was going to talk about shows. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Broderick's got a new series on Netflix. Looks pretty good about the opioid crisis. Anyway, uh, The Monkey King. I was advised to watch this on a recommendation as like an anime crossover. Uh, JP says no. I mean, if. You. I was given this and Tokyo Ghoul combined. Yeah, that's a that's a two total ends of the spectrum here. Yeah. What did you think of the Monkey King though? It's a new Netflix animated film about a king called the Monkey King who goes and kills a bunch hundred demons so he can be some ninja with the uh, other gorilla. What king. was the animated movie that you watched last week? Nimona. Nimona. No, I like Nimona. This Nimona, doesn't even. This doesn't have the same. It's not the same animation though. It's not an animation thing. It's the thematic, like points to it. it i could see where monkey king feels like an anime because it's very shonen like mm-hmm. which is like a coming of age is like your typical dragon ball z naruto never seen dragon type ball of z. like one piece like it's the main characters like coming of age type of of story yeah um like they are the quote-unquote main character type of storyline um so yeah, that it, it does give that vibe, but this just this feels like a knockoff Pixar DreamWorks type of movie. And uh Speaking of that, Tanner just texted me and said, How do you feel about the road to El Dorado? And I said, The animated film? He said, Yes, Ian and I are watching. Oh god. So good. I yeah, like it's great. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, it's 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 okay. Monkey King is I, I don't really get the whole story. I mean, there's obviously some mythology going on with it. Um and maybe that's probably some of that the some of the reason that this person suggested it, but I I don't know. It's not a definitely definitely not a uh, anime bridge for sure. Uh, there's no step. The only uh, looking at the uh, cast list here, the only name I recognize is Stephanie Shu. Okay, she and she's midway down. Yeah, as the mayor's wife. Listen, this will be the last time I tell you. To get you on your anime path, you need to watch Cowboy Bebop with John Cho, the live action no. Netflix adaptation. <laughs> Dang, uh, no, the actual Cowboy Bebop, no dubs, straight sub, no dubs, only subs. Especially that earlier stuff, like the 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 dialogue, the English dialogue just ruins the whole tone of the movie or the shows. So Cowboy Bebop, and then maybe. You could do some Death Note. Yeah. If you're like, I need something a little bit more serious, Death yeah. Note. And then if not, then I would say Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I've heard good things about Full Metal Alchemist. Full Metal Alchemist. I would say that that would be, like if you want more fantasy, that would be the one. And when do I go jump into Tokyo Ghoul? Um, or Demon Slayer? I mean, they're not bad. It's just not... I don't want to watch. Yeah, you're okay. Um... Anyway, that's the end of our trailer round. Yeah. But I do want to watch Cowboy Bebop. I've seen enough about it. I think I would enjoy it. Um, so I'm going to let JP start on what we've been watching. Oh my gosh, yeah. Because 
You didn't I've watch only anything. watched a couple episodes of some different things. Yeah. Um. So I guess we can start on the uh, the rewatches I've had, which were a couple. Um. Last week I talked about Mission Impossible. Watched the first three. Uh, and really planned on watching. Uh, the last three before going to see Dead Reckoning. Did you see Dead Reckoning? Not yet. I mean, I actually <laughs> logged it, but when he's the way want, you worded that, I, I want to sometime this week. Um, that's a loaded big week of new movies. I know. Um, but I don't think it's gonna happen. Uh, so, but I watched Ghost Protocol. Um, it's a great movie. Like legit. Obviously, like building off of three. Um. Who was our... The water's uh, open there, so be, be mindful. I just planned on kicking the crap out of it. Uh, I need to rewatch the Mission Impossible films. Dude, yeah. Because I re- the only... I, the, I had like no memory of one and two. I remember three pretty well, and I remember Protocol on. Yeah. Actually, Ghost... Which one's the one with Sawyer from Lost? Ghost Protocol. Okay, so I yeah. remember Ghost Protocol and Fallout. Yes. Very well. Okay. Ghost Nation or Rogue Nation? Rogue Nation. I don't remember much Rogue of that Nation one. Rogue Nation is up there. Like okay. top, probably top Fallout's two, my maybe favorite. three. Fallout's great. Yes. Henry Cavill's amazing. Henry Cavill steals the show. He does. Um, Yeah, Rogue Nation's probably two then. uh, One, probably three, then Mission probably Boss being third. was my favorite for a long time. Three? No. I mean, Philip Seymour Hoffman's off, right. awesome, but it is overall kind of confusing as far as following the movie. Yeah, Ghost Protocol's great, though. Um, no uh, Vigo, uh, just till the very end, and they do this weird curveball where they make you think that um, Julia's dead, but yeah. he's not. I, I don't know, man. It's it's just one of those. You're, you're there for the action. Um, I said in one of my reviews, and whenever I was logging this, uh, the garage scene that they have in the like the action piece that they have in this movie, it's like your big fight. Like normally, you think of like your train flying or like fighting in a plane or fighting on top of a train. Like, yeah, there is a a parking garage scene in this that is just great. I forgot Jeremy Renner's in this one. Yeah, Vigo. Yeah, Vigo Morningstar. Yeah, is in Ghost Protocol. He is at the very end of the movie. Really? Yes. He he's not part of the team. Yeah, I you know. You find out he's doing something else, or he's helping them. Whatever. I don't know if it's a budget Vigo thing. Vigo time. Like Aragorn from Lord of the Rings. No, not Vigo. What's his name? Ving Rhames. Ving Rhames. I'm okay. sorry. I said I was looking at it when you said that. I was like, I don't remember Vigo in that film. That's a big omission from my mind. I might just have to edit that out. No, that's taste. <laughs> I was like, bro, there's no way. Yeah. So, but Mission I was Impo- ready to admit that because it's been a long time since I've seen it. No, that's understandable. Uh, Ghost Protocol, though, is directed by Brad Bird. Uh, it's the only one he did. Uh, he later goes on to. Uh, hey, we could know. do Brad Bird. No. I mean, no, he, Rat- he directs uh, The Incredibles, Ratatouille, Iron Giant, and Tomorrowland. And this one. And the Untitled Brad Bird musical. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Ghost Protocol, I gave that a four star. It's good. Uh, then the next one I watched uh, a little bit later with some friends was The Lobster. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Love it. Um, yeah. It is. I probably watched it two other times outside of this one. I've seen it. 
three times. I saw it in theaters. Watched it with Tanner once. Yeah. Then I watched it just again on my own. Like, not recently, just it is, again. Yeah. It, it, it's hard to describe the best setting to watch it. There um, really isn't. It's just whenever you just feel no. like, when the lobster calls, you answer. It's just kind of one of those things. Whether you, Have you like, ever thought about what animal you'd want to be, though? Not a lobster. That's for dang sure. Yeah. Probably know. like a... I don't know. I would like to say a Yorkie or something because <laughs> Luna has it made. But yeah. And like, what there's if you're no, like with no an telling abusive what get. family? Yeah. You know, who knows? Um, but yeah, uh, Lobster, Colin Farrell, um, just love that man. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm ready to say he's like top three favorite actors currently working. For you, yeah, right now. Uh, Rachel Wise, though, is like absolutely killer. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to watch the show that she's in on Amazon, um, Dead Ringers. Yeah, I've which seen is something that, about that that spinoff of was it? Um, not Kubrick. It's um, oh, Cronenberg. David Cronenberg. I think I so. Um, but it's like a it's a twist though. It's not it's not like a full on adaptation. It's a it's a twist on that that movie. Um, but yeah, Lobster is absolutely great. Love the cast in that. The movie, I'm just, I mean, it's obviously a love story. Um, at the end though, we'll, we'll go with no spoilers just in case you haven't seen it, but yeah. does he do it? I think so. You do? You I believe do. it? I do. Um, just because like after seeing Killing of a Sacred Deer and some of the other, I just. That was honestly, whenever we had talked about what movies we were going to watch that night, I chose the Lobster because I knew what I was getting into. I wanted to pick the killing of the sacred deer, but I did not. Yeah. Did you hear that part? I did. Yeah. Okay. Luna heard it too. Yeah, Luna heard it. Um, so yeah, lobster. That is a four and a half star for me. Yeah. Lobster's no lie. Great. What do I have it as? Does it show? Uh, hold on. You don't have to look it up. If it's not. You just... got it at four and a half as well. Okay. Yeah. Good. I was hoping so. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, I that's those are movies I've seen before. Uh, next to some ones I hadn't seen. You've before, never seen though. American Hustle. Never seen American Hustle. Wow. I know. I've heard it I've heard it mentioned um on a couple of different podcasts recently too. And I am the dark horse. I really like American Hustle. I I really like it too. I did not I don't think I rated it. I gave it a four. As you such. Get, yeah, you gave it three and a half. Yes. And I wouldn't go above four. I <sighs> three and a half I, I get. Like I get I, three and a half, but I don't get the three point three as the average though. Like Seems low for this film. So, American Hustle, if you don't know, is about a con, uh, a con man and his seductive partner. Uh, they're forced to work for a wild FBI agent who pushes them into uh, the world of Jersey power brokers and the mafia. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be real with you. Um, Amy Adams is hot. Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence. But, and so I'm watching it and, you know, you're just like kind of like captivated by her on screen. Mm-hmm. Like, the accent's super weird, um, in and out of it. So it's just like always catching your attention every time she's on screen. And you think, oh yeah, she's she's like the star of this. And then Jennifer Lawrence shows up. Yeah. And it's just like next level. And she's like, I, I don't know, man. It's 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 not even like looks aside, it's just the presence of yep. them on screen, <clears throat> what they what they are able to like pull out of Christian Bale and Bradley Cooper, who I want to see more of each other on yes. screen together because it's Great hilarious. Um, 
I don't know, man. It it is. I loved it. The first act of this movie where they're kind of doing the flash forward, then the whole narrating. It feels like a feels like a book, like a, a like a, a reading or whatever. I didn't get. I didn't feel it um, when they finally settled into a, like a current time. Like I felt like the story finally caught its stride, and um, yeah, it, it was fun. But overall, it, it kind of. It, the damage was kind of already done for me as far as the stuff that hit. And this is like the biggest cancel movie ever because you got David O. Russell who's directing it and Louis C.K. being one of the supporting actors. Yes. Um, wh- and what was David O. Russell's big, sh- big shtick? What was it again? What? What did he get? What, why was he canceled? He got accused of something, right? Yeah, molesting his like niece or something. Okay. Yeah. I think. I could be wrong about it, but like who it is, something family member. Definitely a family member though. Yes. And yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I could be wrong on some of those details, but I think it had to do with that. And I will be honest. I think the script on this movie isn't great. What makes it great is the actors that are reading. Like there are certain points in it to where it's obvious. Like these, these actors are just simply just shooting the breeze mm-hmm. and improving some stuff. Um, Bradley Cooper especially is just like he. There are a couple moments where he's either unhinged or he is, um, just kind of playing into the insecurity of his character, and it's just like, oh yeah, Bradley Cooper is just a really good actor. This movie's not that great. Yeah. He's just he's just playing a character. Yep. Um. So yeah, gave that three and a half. It's great. Um. And lastly, Puss in Boots. Um. Yeah, this I was, need to. I need to hear this. This was um. So I will preface that Caitlin wanted to watch a movie. She either wanted to watch a Disney movie or Just I name. can't remember something else. Oh. And I uh, I was like, okay, well, we're not going to watch a Disney movie. I'm going to watch something animated that I can like say I hadn't seen before. So I chose Poos and Boots. Yep. I thought Caitlin would love it. She didn't like it either? She wasn't crazy about it. Um, Dang. The animation style is good. I like that. Do you wish it was one or the other? Some people, that's like the one critique. They wish it was either all Spider-Man kind of or all DreamWorks. I thought it was, I thought it was all like there wasn't. So there is some stuff with the, um, there's some stuff with the action sequences to where they're, they're doing things with the frame rate. It feels like to where it does kind of have that comic book flip book feel to yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Like even like in the very beginning, like, yes. like when he's flying, everything around him is into that, yeah. like. That, it's more like Mitchell's versus Machines. Yes. Inspired, but it's definitely same people. So, yeah. Um, so outside of like it actually looking good, I thought the story wasn't the best. I've never seen any of the other ones either. So I don't know. Um, and, you know, Florence Pugh as Goldie was kind of fun. And I like that whole character. Yeah, I did but, too. Um, I actually didn't really care for Big Jack Horner. <laughs> he, I, it, as a whole, as a villain, as a whole, he was fine. But the some of the jokes he made cracked me up. The I, jokes were hilarious, but I didn't brown, like the chocolate thump man. I yes. about died. I fell out. So the character, the the actor was was fine, but the character, I didn't understand why we had Big Jack Horner as our main bad. Whenever 
whenever you think of this this world, you think of iconic characters. Well, because like we've already Frank had them. Yeah. That's, and Shrek is in the same universe. Shrek, Shrek 2, Shrek 3, Shrek 4, Puss in Boots, Puss in Boots 2, Puss in Boots Last Wish. Yeah. Although I thought it was, I thought we were supposed to, like, it was supposed to be obvious that the wolf was death. Yeah. Um, I did like the character. Yeah, I did too. Other than that. Some great sequences too. Uh, Puss in Boots was uh, three and a half for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a three and a half for I have it at four. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not the best animated film ever, but no. it's it's good enough to compete with what Disney's putting out now, which I say you I, there isn't a lot of that anymore. I have every bit of faith that the uh, new Teenage Mutant, new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie will be way better than really? Puss in Boots. Yes. I'm, I, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling good about it. I hope so. I mean, I like Puss in Boots a lot, but like the problem with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I'm gonna feel like coming out in the same year as Spider-Man, it may feel too samey. I mean, the style's different. The style, the style's similar. different. It's but similar. I mean, that's gonna be. I mean, that's that. That's. Uh, it's a new medium in a lot of ways. Not I know. Medium is not the right word because, but it's you know, it's a, it's a new genre type of thing. It is, but I'm just saying, having them both come out months with apart seems like it may be a little same. I think but. the draw for the turtles though is gonna be the voice actors because you have yeah. such a young, uh, yeah. cast that I think that will be endearing. Um, so yeah, that's, that's all the movies I've watched. Um, you want to talk some TV then? Yeah. So you start kicking yeah, off with hijack so, here. Cause I, I, I had already, I touched on it last week cause I, I had watched the first three episodes. There's four now I've watched the fourth. So, so listen, hijack, um, Apple, Apple TV plus is, uh, Their new, newest, well, newest new. Yes. Cause the have you watched any of the foundation yet? Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen season two yet. There's one episode. Oh, they didn't dump they do. the whole thing? No, no. Oh, that makes me even happier. Yeah. Good. Okay. No, Apple TV does not dump. Okay. So, um, yeah, Hijack, you got four episodes in the beginning, right? Uh, or just four three. now. Yeah, four. You got three in the beginning well, and then one extra the past week. No, they released week after week after week. It's episodic. They dropped three, though. Did they? Yes. Oh, because I haven't seen it advertised for a while. I just hadn't started watching. Yeah. But then it's week after week after yes. the first three. Okay. There's only six episodes though. Oh no. So that's the thing though, is this this show is kind of like a 24 yeah. like where time is passing in real time. Um I'm very interested to know like what's happening on the ground. Yeah. With the whole How far like, are you in? I'm I'm up to date. Oh, okay. Yeah. What do you mean what's happening on the ground? Oh, with how it left off in episode four? No, I mean just like what what is happening, like who's pulling the strings type of thing, yeah. um, with the mob or whatever type of organization it is mm -hmm. that's that's coming after these people. I, I, I gotta really give like them it. I gotta give them some credit here for being a hijack show. I was a little worried. Yeah, not, not I mean worried in the right word, but like just like man, this is gonna be boring or like predictable. I, it's a hijacking. Oh, duh, thing. I get it. In the first half of the first episode didn't dissuade me of that then it really got going for me yeah and so we'll talk a little bit of spoilers light spoilers um so yeah if you don't like it just skip ahead a little bit i i love the fact that the character is like f these guys i'm trying to help i'm trying to get on the ground whatever, yeah whatever because we find out he is a negotiator but for like but I yeah. was thinking, because I, I heard he was a negotiator just like in promotion of the movie yeah. or the show. But no, he's like big corporations brought in to negotiate deals. 
to which is why I wish you had seen uh the Family Man. Yeah, because so, that's what Nicholas Cage yeah. did in that film. And so I like uh I like that he's just kind of out to to help himself. Now we find out that he obviously wants to make sure nobody comes out of this dead, but he kind of can be cynical in it all, which I think helps. So yeah, love the hijack. Way more action than I expected, and uh, like the I like the cast. I do too. Um, I like um. Yeah, she's got itchy ears. I need to give her her medicine. <laughs> um, I like the home story a lot. Yeah. The ground story. The air story is good, but the home story is really good. Um, and each episode, the the stakes keep raising at home. So, uh, yeah, Hijack is really good. I wasn't going to watch it because I was just kind of, meh, sitting for me. But now I'm glad I did. Yeah, that's Apple's, great. Apple's original TV shows are... I mean, they're either... They're either middle tier, like enjoyable, like popcorn type movie, I don't, I don't TV series, like whatever. That. Yeah. Well, I think there's like, so Hijack is great. It's a good example. I think Silo, I people are hyped about Silo and I get it. But overall, like we've seen a lot of, we've seen a lot of series like that already. Yeah. I think just, I think Apple just kind of did, did it well. And what else have they done for all mankind? Is which I haven't seen that one, and then I haven't seen Slow Horses. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's another one I think called like Tomorrowland. Uh, uh, tomorrow. Oh shoot! You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, the, where they're trying to sell real estate on the moon. Yeah, like that looks absolutely great, but I never heard about it. Yeah, we talked about it. I know, but yeah. but we don't like. I don't I hear it, anything. No. But anyways, yeah, and then so, there. Uh, the foundation, which how is the first episode? Foundation, it's absolutely great. Uh, Lee Pace, I think, is going to be in prime form. Um, we see him in prime form whenever he is butt naked, just fighting assassins. Yeah. Um, it's, I, don't know, I told my dad season one's clean. Season two's got nudity. Yeah. You see wieners? No, no wieners. No wieners. You just see some very intense butt yeah if it is a dude butt though dude butt yeah there's something different about seeing a dude butt than a woman's butt i mean it's normally hair well i meant from like uh <laughs> I mean, like yes i know yeah, what you okay, mean. okay. <laughs> <laughs> <I'll take some. laughs> um anyway yeah so I'll, i i need to watch that uh, i've been watching silo too so i caught up on hijack we discussed that silo only have two episodes left now uh mm-hmm. i enjoy it it's yeah. great but i am also in the same camp you are in it's a solid seven Foundation? No, Silo. Oh, Silo. Yeah, I only yeah. Have two seven, seven and a half for me. Like the stakes. But that's good. I'm, yeah. that's a good show. The, like, the way that it ends. So you're not done with it. Though. No, I have two episodes left. So ending, it. I think it redeemed it, but again, I don't think it like. I I think it gives me optimism, but it doesn't sell me completely on the overall. Yeah. Hype of it. Yeah, I I, I like Silo, but uh. There, I feel like there, and maybe they'll do that in season two. I feel like there's a lot of threads they could have explored to make it more interesting. Yeah, uh, and think, and maybe yeah. they'll do it before the end of the show. I, I don't know. No, but uh, they got to do something since they renewed it. I think know. they're acknowledged. That's probably the better. Okay, good. But yeah, no, Silo's great. Rebecca Ferguson is phenomenal in this role um, as the lead. So I mean, not not much more to say about it because I haven't seen it. Hasn't changed. This is the year Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Um, so can I talk about Full Circle then? Yeah, I don't even know what that is. Bro. So it is Steven Soderbergh's uh, new like limited series. Uh, what, what's it on? It is on Max. Okay. Um, let me pull up the uh, the list real quick. I can't do it like this. 
because um, I should have done this ahead of time. No, you're fine. Because hmm. the cast alone is like. I need to watch Thelma and Louise. The Ridley Scott Thelma and Louise. Yeah. Uh, so cast top billing. Why does it have it laid out like this? It's weird. Um, so obvious names you got uh, Zazie Beats, Jim Gaffigan. Uh, have have a nice little character dynamic between one another. This is fun. Uh, then you got Timothy Oliphant, and uh, uh, shoot, she was in um. Fleshman's in trouble. Oh, Claire Dane. Sorry. And what is his name? Um. Shoot, I can't find his name. It's amazing cast. I'm sorry. Sorry, I was looking at my dog's ears for. No, yeah, it's okay. Keep going. I'm listening. <laughs> So, anyways, uh, full circle. Uh, it's written by uh, Steven Soderbergh, or uh, it's directed by Steven Soderbergh. I think the uh, script was was written by someone else. Um, and it basically follows. Um, so yeah, an investigation into a botched kidnapping uncovers long held secrets connected multiple characters and cultures in present day New York City. Classic Soderbergh. Start a start a story at six different points and let's see how they all connect. Um, and it it does it very quickly. Uh, what I think is different in this this show is the ramifications of it and like how people are handling it. And it's it basically is like dominoes in a lot of ways. You're seeing people kind of crumble at different points. And uh, yeah, it's it's great. Um, you should definitely give it a watch if you got time. I think this will be like a... I will, and this feels like Michael Shannon should be in this. Michael Shannon would probably be very appropriate. Um, it's only be six episodes, though, so I feel like this should be very easy. Um, yeah. Yeah, I want to watch this. Is this the one we started to watch on YouTube and then, or else it was a series and then turned it off? I had to, I, today? Yeah. I don't think so. Do you take care of her? No, there's nothing really to take care of. She, she. I just haven't given her her allergy medicine. Yes, we normally give it to her hours ago. Yes, so her ears. It's crazy though. Like dogs who need medicine, like for allergies. I thought it was a joke until I had a dog who needed allergy yeah. medicine. And like, like you're 30 minutes past giving her a pill. She just, she's jonesing. Yeah, for that pill. So maybe it's a drug. Maybe it's like the opioid crisis for Probably. dogs. Probably. Uh, so let's talk Shameless. Yes. You were watching it for the first time, and my guess is because of the bear. <sighs> Uh, yeah, yeah, it is partially because of that. Because you, everybody I hear that that watches the bear who have seen Shameless is like, oh my gosh, it's just like watching Lip. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't, I don't have any context for this. Well, yeah, now you do. Now I'm watching Shameless. I'm like, oh my gosh, Carmi makes so much sense now. Yeah, and to me, it's yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> but, like it's like he just got out, especially as you get further into Shameless, it makes yeah. even more sense. Okay, so it's like he just finally got. It's like. Good for Lip. I can see this. It makes total sense. Which is good. Uh, and you get to see some uh, camera. You get to see uh, Ian, <laughs> who's also our boy Cal Kestis. Yes. So uh, him and Mickey. That's who is who is Mickey? 
What other stuff is he in? I always associate him with stuff he's not in. Like, you ever seen Max Keeble's big move? No. Uh, Shameless. Hang on, I gotta pull it up. Um, That whole cast, though, is, like, amazing. Mm -hmm. Fiona. Steve, the dude that plays Steve. Uh, Steve. uh, Jimmy Jimmy Steve. Yeah, he looks like... Wait, what are they calling him right now? They're calling him Steve, but we know he's Jimmy. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, Justin Chatwin. Uh, um, he looks like freaking great value Aaron Paul. Yeah, I can. He got like I the head, the jawline. Yeah. Uh, but William H Macy's ability to just have oh gosh, Frank is like a whole vibe. It is abs- the whole the whole like style. Like I want to. <laughs> If I didn't know that I would look absolutely homeless, I would I would dress like I was homeless. Yeah, just based like off the Frank. Show. Frank is. Oh, he is in Matt Keevil's big move. Okay, that's why. And he was in Agent Cody Banks. I don't remember. I mean, I I know I've watched those, but I do not remember any. He of also those. was Michelangelo in t- the two Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies. Okay, that did not do well. Yeah, <laughs> believable. Uh, uh, but shameless though, I'm really excited about it because uh, it's just something to just dive myself in a new world that I think is it is uh, absolutely just mind numbing, which is hard to believe because it is it's kind of like um, market is like a dramedy. Yeah, but there is very little drama. Oh, you wait, you wait. Oh no. Oh, you wait. Oh no. You wait. It's a comedy. It I know, at its core. First, so it, the, with drama that builds season over season over season over season. Yeah, I can I could see that. The thing that I've, I've found enjoyable and more like escapism for me with it is like the wedding scene. Mm-hmm. Like, Wait, well, the the wedding. Um, who's Carl and V's Vanessa's Kev, Kev and Vanessa? see Howie's character. I don't know their name. Uh, yeah, the bartender. G- yeah, the neighbor. Yeah, yeah. Love, love Kev. It, absolutely amazing. Kev's my man. Uh, <laughs> I can see that. Kev's my man. Like, Kev uh, may be my favorite character in the show. Yeah, they've got their foster kid right now. The Mormon girl. <laughs> <laughs> what season are you in? First season, I told you. <laughs> Dang. I'm like 11 episodes in. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I got a picture in front of the alibi. Oh, really? When we did a, the Warner Brothers lot tour. Yeah. It wasn't even a part of the stop. Like they were oh driving by it and I, we were sat, I was like, is that the alibi? And he goes, yeah. So he stopped and he said, you know, for you shameless fans, you'll recognize this as the alibi. And I was like, can I get out and take a picture? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> so it's on my Facebook somewhere else. Crazy. Real, we were like deep into shameless at the time. Um, but yeah, I love, I've, I've loved it so far. And I mean this, what do you think of old, uh, Joan Cusack? Uh, the neighbor that is kind of with Frank Sheila oh yeah she's not a neighbor though I thought she was a neighbor no she lives somewhere else oh Kevin V are the neighbors yeah yeah have you she was amazing have y'all had the dildo scene yet? Yes, it's like I can't remember. whatever, dude. Frank I, Frank moves in with her like the third episode I into it. It's been too long. It's been I know, dude. I about pissed my pants when she <laughs> tied him down and pulled out the dildo, <laughs> and then he saw how big it was. Yes. Dude, I could have died. And yeah. then like having like William H Macy, like whether it be Fargo, like he is such a good facial actor. Yeah, like. I love him in Shameless. Like I could make this mostly Shameless. Like I do a episode by episode by episode breakdown of Shameless. Like that's something. 
It's so good. Yeah, I I get the hype for Shameless. I'm I'm very yeah happy with my choice to 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 start this series. I can't wait till we are a few years or a few weeks later. Yeah, and we can discuss this because I can't wait to hear. Oh, we can do a season recap. I don't mind. Like like Fiona and Frank and you know Jimmy Steve Carl. Carl becomes such a big part of the show because all these kids go through real legit yeah. real life puberty. Yeah, and like Debbie, I hate her. I hate Debbie. Debbie. That's totally believable. Debbie sucks. I can see that. Debbie sucks. Especially like season 10 and 11, <laughs> Debbie. Bet. Sucks so hard. Yeah, I I can't wait. I can't wait for you to catch up and watch it all. So, um, so yeah. see if anybody else. That's, that's everything I've watched, though. Yeah, okay. So that brings us to the end of what we've been watching because I didn't watch anything except for what we watched for Thursdays, which was yeah. Green Street Hooligans and Blue Velvet. So, yeah, great. which you still haven't logged your Green Street Hooligans review. I did too. No, you haven't. Oh, you just I must did not it. have. I must not put it in my diary. Yeah, because it just shows Blue Velvet. Oh yeah, you gave it three stars. Okay, that's lame. I mean, that's we'll talk the about truth. it Thursday. All right, so let's jump to the news. Um, it's hard. You can't talk about the news without talking about the actors and the writer strike both happening right now. Um, so this is a bummer. I mean, bummer all around, but like big bummer for us selfishly because this goes on much longer. It, yeah. Our next 20... year, next year after that is going to be light. It's yeah. going to be like the year after the pandemic all over again. Yes. Uh, which was very light. So, you know, bummer there. Thankfully, what's kind of kept these last couple of years going is what was shelved during production. That's all coming out now. Yeah. Um, We're not going to have that for the next go around. So it'll be real light. I but anyway. Mean... Yeah, sorry. Go no, go ahead. No, I was gonna say if anything would save the movies, it would be all the all the movies that have been primed to go out. You push them back and kind of sparse them out so that people have something to go see. Mm-hmm. The only problem with that with the actor strike now is you're not gonna have anybody to promote them. Yeah, um, yeah. They walked off the. I didn't have this in the news. The, you yeah. know, when they found out that the writer strike happened, they walked off the, the red Oppenheimer. carpet. Yeah, the English, the uh, English show, the Citizen Golf, um, the. Um, English premiere. Yeah. England premiere. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, so the action strikes happen. Obviously, that's going to impact the future um, of what we watch. So I hope they can come to an agreement pretty soon. I, I'll, I'll be honest. I know you probably have done a d- bigger deep dive into some of the numbers and what's really happening than I have. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of people are doing the equating on both sides, the executives and the actors. The mm-hmm. writers are one thing, but like the executives and the actors, like, you know, quit crying on your yacht. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, there was so there's two sides of it, and this can kind of play into the next topic is of of all these executives that are basically saying, which Bob Iger had, had actually said that, you know, it, th- we can we can let this go out as long as we need to, basically like these people can, you know, they'll come whenever they they've lost their houses and all that stuff. They'll come when they're ready. Um, and they'll they'll take what we're ready to offer because they won't have anything else. Yeah. Um, and so I think the actor strike was a good sign for something to happen for them, for, the, for those that are striking, um, because the actors hold a lot of the weight um, for whatever reason over the writers, obviously because of the ones that are selling the stuff. Um, and so I think that that weight kind of is is in their favor. But the disparagement in the the pay for like high end actors and low 
Like there are going to be a lot of people that are already kind of going to be losing their houses and, and yeah. not, not, not be able to, to pay bills and all this stuff. And um, yeah, it, it can be, it's a double-sided sword, I guess. I, I get the residual thing. Like some of the residual yeah. sets come out. That's ridiculous. Like they should be paid their residuals. But like, yeah. And I don't that, know. That, I, but I, that's I, the issue with cutting the cord now, though, is there's no way of tracking that and keeping up with it because, you know, streamers all have every incentive to to, you know, keep everything close to the chest as far as the numbers. Right. And uh, advertising and all that stuff Like nobody. There's no way of knowing how who pays the bills for the for these streamers. Right. Um, whereas I think that's the benefit of what we're seeing more now is all these uh, different series leaving and mm-hmm. reallocating to different platforms. The, the problem is, again, you're not seeing that royalty check for such and such episode being right. played at three o'clock at night yep. on some crazy random channel. Yeah. And the other thing, like the residuals, like I said, I get that. But like, I don't, you don't see this, but like, I don't think like the Robert Downey Jr. or whoever are making like $20 million per film. Like, that's not what they're. No, they're, like they're they're not wanting a pay raise. Yeah, so the the solidarity is is you would think those higher end actors, your Robert Downey Jr., your George Clooney has been one that's been mm-hmm. super vocal. They're standing up for the you know the stand ins, the fill ins for all their shows. Like they're yeah. they're trying to be a they're trying to look out for the little guy, right? In some sense, so yeah, we'll see. So this has brought out some obviously you know we hope this gets resolved soon. You know I yeah. don't know what's best for everybody, but hopefully they figure it out. Uh, it has provided us a unexpected cage match showdown via social media. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ron Perlman released a cringy video, but funny, but not not for the sake of being funny, just, you know, by default funny. Uh, just basically ripping into a unnamed executive who, like JP mentioned, it was Bob Iger, because you know that specifically because he references uh, $27 million, which was... Yeah, the new deal that he signed with Disney to remain CEO. Um, and he said the day after that raise that all these people, all these actors will, he's not worried about it because they'll come back when they need to get paid and after they start losing their houses. So Ron Perlman made this video saying there's a lot of ways to lose your house, you MF-er. Uh, yeah. Basically, it's very kind of threatening a little bit. Actually, probably more than a little bit. We all know Ron Perlman's not going to go you know, burn Bob Iger's house down or anything <laughs> like that, but at the same time, you know, he seemed to be assembling the masses, though. Yeah, yeah, it's like a dog whistle. Yeah. So, uh, it's interesting to see. Like, I, I am interested after seeing Ron Perlman kind of do that first shot that's heard around the world, like take a shot, a not so subtle jab at a studio head. Mm-hmm. I'll be interested to see if that continues. Um, because you know, you start doing that kind of stuff, you'll irreparably, uh, damage relationships and that's going to play on after the strike so you know interesting how that works out but anyway speaking of Iger he has in the same day uh, addressed Disney Plus um, is especially during the pandemic has become a negative on uh, a net negative for cinema and box offices and their decision during the pandemic and since the pandemic to release films to the streamer either at the same time or before, you know, immediately after has hurt their box office numbers consistently. Yeah. Uh, same thing with the bad reviews for shows and films. He said that they have over, 
during his absence, basically they oversaturated the market with Marvel and Star Wars, and it's time to rein all that back in. Mm-hmm. With all that said, what what do you agree? Do you agree with it all? Do you disagree? Is I I agree onto something or what do you um, take? What do you I leave? Th- I think I said earlier in the pod of like the or maybe I said it off pod, um, but it's like it's concerning when someone like Bob Iger feels like he's the only person that can fix this problem mm-hmm. whenever in some ways he's responsible for some of this because he kind of set this up he set up the structure and it off away and yeah. it off to the other bob who otherwise just was supposed to follow the formula and it didn't work out yeah um i think i think bob Iger could see this through to where where again we're seeing quality stuff yeah but again, it, it it's disappointing because I think it it undersells us on what we were promised in some ways. Yeah. Um, but I kind of feel more. Uh, I don't know. I, I I kind of feel a little bit of relief in that because again, there's just so much pressure, so much disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> it's and like with that, I didn't have it in the notes, but like I was talking to my dad last night, Disney's attendance is the like historic lows. Yeah. Uh, everything, their stock, everything is historic lows. Yeah, so much, uh, so much so that they're ready to cut ties or not cut ties, but like sell off parts for like ESPN and ABC, like all these other accus- accu- acquisitions that they previously had. Like, like and the ABC and ESPN have been a part of the family forever. The ESPN, I think, had been. Yeah, you're right. But no, they the renewed Fox, it. Not yeah, yeah. Up. The Fox was was the the most recent. Yeah, um, but, but they're selling but off they ABC are, makes sense. That one makes sense. I mean, well, they don't do anything with it anyway. Yeah, but they're they're open to selling off some of ESPN. Yeah, um, which I think is just like like broadcast, like um, like actual sporting events, like what's being shown where. Yeah. Um, which so I get all that. Yeah. I, it, it, you know, you can't have. I feel like Bob Iger. He's come back and has been a very polarizing figure, and Disney needed that kind of leadership to a degree. Yeah, but he's putting, I think, too many. He has too many irons in the fire. Uh, you know, they're really doubling down on their air, air quotes woke agenda. Yeah, and that is actually what's the thing that's hurting their attendance. Well, and their prices have gone up significantly. Yeah, you know, whatever. You know, but you know, where Bob Iger's talking, I'm gonna jump ahead to a couple of news stories to tie these in. Um. Bob Iger talking about the Disney Plus and a recipe for cinema and like while you know that's he blames a lot of the box office issues on the pandemic how Disney handled the release yeah. date so uh, Indiana Jones Dial of Destiny pretty highly rated audience score and word of mouth it's got some legs on it you know people are really liking the new Dial of Destiny film but yeah, nobody's it watching had a it 320 million dollar budget just for the filming not yeah. marketing it just now crossed $300 million. It's on track to be one of the biggest flops in yeah. Disney history. And it's still grossed over $300 million. Yeah. It's going to be one of the biggest flops in Disney history. I, and it's, I've seen it. It's a good movie. Yeah. I really liked it. What do you, what do you think it is that makes it so expensive? Is Harrison it, Ford. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's obvious. Uh, it is, I mean, I, I don't know how much CGI is. Yeah. But a lot of that in the it should, film. It should be expensive. Um, I don't know what all, I don't know where all the money goes to be allocated to warrant a $320 million production. Yeah. You know. When you watch it though, does it feel like that? 
So I mean, it's, it's grand. A, it's big. It's a spectacle. I mean, yeah. I, I have no problem believing it. But then I, I see other movies. Like, I don't know what Oppenheimer is, but I haven't heard them say it's a $320 million you know, know. production. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, I feel like I've seen bigger and better films from a, like a, a, you know, production standpoint that were half the, you know, half the price. So I, I, I don't know. But to his point, I think people are just in the, well, we're, we'll wait. It'll come out in a few weeks. Like even Asteroid City, it was in theaters for like three weeks and then it went to streamer. So, you know, but then we know we talked about this. I have it as the follow up story. Elemental just two weeks ago was one of the biggest Pixar flops ever. Yeah. Well, now it just crossed over 300 million and is a huge success. All from word of mouth and the legs it had on it. Um, you know, everyone thought Elemental was the death of Pixar. Now it's not even, it's like out of the bottom five. Yeah. Like, I, I hadn't seen anything about it yet. So maybe. And like, I think a Mo, Mo, I've seen it twice in theaters, loves it. Really? Mm-hmm. Why has she seen it twice? Because she loved it so much. Wow. Yeah. So that's the th- th- and that's the thing about the the target audience for stuff like Pixar is that you're hoping for that rewatch. You're hoping for that like it's like a hook. Mm-hmm. It gets a hook in you. Um, and so I guess yeah, that's that's kind of I guess a, a success for them. I haven't I have not heard. The narrative, though, of like Elemental is is slowly creeping back up, and people are interested. Uh, I think no, it it has. But, yeah, well, I guess that's good. Yep. It. Uh, I think their their budget was like two hundred and twenty million, so it just crossing three hundred million gets it out of the like bottom five of Pixar. So, as you know, good for them. Last Disney news story. We'll go back up to the proper order. The Haunted Mansion had its red carpet at Disney the other day, but because of the actor strike, they didn't have any actors to be there besides. Uh, like Jamie Lee Curtis, Owen Wilson, and like his Stanfield were there for like a promo, but weren't yeah. there for the red carpet. They did like this like question and answer kind of letterbox style thing um, in their iconic mansion outfits. So instead of having celebrities there, they had, since it was at the park, Ghosts. Mickey and Minnie in their costumes and like uh, Maleficent in her costume. That's whack. It was so corny, bro. Uh, like them doing like interviews and it, it was awful. Uh, I, at that point, what do you do though? You you don't, you just like, I didn't see what did, how did they handle Oppenheimer after all of them walked off? I don't know. I, I didn't, I didn't hear that much. I think they, they showed up, did the walk. And then I guess whenever they did like the showing of it, they just left. Yeah. So they just didn't partake. Um, so I guess that, that makes a statement more than anything as well. So, Speaking of Nolan, did you know that Matt Damon had told his wife and friends that he was taking a hiatus from acting for a significant amount of time? No. Under one condition. If Christopher Nolan called him for a part, he would come out of retirement. (laughs) Of course. A week after he told his parents and family that, Christopher Nolan called him for a part in Oppenheimer. (laughs) Who is connecting his family with Nolan? That's crazy. I know. Someone had to told them. I guess. Uh, but I had no clue about that. I guess he told that story recently at a one yeah. of these red carpet things. I thought that was pretty neat. Like, because what are the odds? Because he hasn't done a Nolan movie to my knowledge, has he? Wasn't uh, uh, hold on. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember him in a Nolan. Unless it's, I don't definitely don't think he's been a lead in a Nolan film. 
Because originally I was like, oh yeah, he did The Martian, but The Martian isn't Nolan. Yeah, that was my first thought, but you're right. That's um... JP's doing a letterbox fact check. Let's look. Not Dunkirk. You would have thought it would be like a action. I don't think so. No, I guess so. Not. It's just funny that that's how fate worked out. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad. I'm excited to see Matt Damon in a Nolan film. Uh, so we talked about Wonka earlier for a trailer roundup. Yeah. And how weird it is. Well, old Timothy Chalamet had to actually swim, swim in like a huge, like one of those industrial that made they like swim in for the make it look like the ocean. Yep. Vat of hot chocolate. Cool. Like hot, hot, like actually like hot chocolate. Yeah. Uh, not like the drink hot chocolate, like. Did he have melted to like, Hershey's syrup? Did he have to wear a special suit for it? Don't know. Then burn him. So um, I mean, it probably not like burn. third degree burn hot chocolate, but like just like melted chocolate, I guess. Wow. I don't know. Uh, would you do that for a movie? I mean, yeah, they're paying me to yeah. act. So you're gonna swim with that hot chocolate? Yeah, as long as it doesn't burn me. Yeah, fair. Uh, everybody loves Paul Rudd. Yeah, everybody Paul loves. Yeah, Paul Rudd was at a Taylor Swift concert recently. Cool. And he met a, uh, an artist named Claude, I think, C-L-A-U-D. Huge Taylor Swift fan. He didn't know who she was. She's just like some fan of Taylor Swift. Not famous. Told, asked Paul Rudd to be in her new music video she's making. He said yes. And starred in this fan's music video. Wow. What a guy. Absolutely stand up. We need more people like that in Hollywood. Yeah. Paul Rudd just seems like a dude's dude, man's man, girl's girl. Keanu Reeves is like the next like example of this. Yeah, who would you rather spend a day with? Paul Rudd, most I definitely. I think so too, and I, I feel like that's I feel I, like that's hurtful because Keanu mean, Reeves is such a sweetheart. Well, I can see you hanging out with Keanu Reeves. Yeah, I could see myself hanging out with Paul Rudd. Well, yeah, you can hang out with anybody though. I couldn't hang out with Keanu Reeves. I'd just sit there and stare. Yeah, Paul Rudd though, I could just like it. It literally would be, "I love you, man." Slapping the base. That would that would that would be it. Such that's a, a dream. Such a great movie. Um, let's see. We talked about the two Disney things. So did you know that Steven Soderbergh has secretly filmed a new series, Commando Z, starring Michael Cera, that will be released in three days? And that was three days ago. What? Command Z? Command Z. Is this like a, a Michael? I don't know. I saw it uh, three days ago. Feels like an Apple shortcut. Like, Command Z. I'll find out. Yeah. You can watch the whole series as of today. On what? Um, extension seven six five. I don't. Yeah, it's a it's a like a website you watch it on. Oh wow! Watch the whole series now. Is it like just webcam footage of Michael Sarah? I don't know, but the reviews on it, uh, silly science fiction, silly science fiction. Hmm. I, I just know. imagine like Michael Sarah needing IT help. And just not understanding anything related to computers and just fumbling through it all. Sounds sounds entertaining. Yeah, looking at this, uh, it's uh, Undoes the Future. Really good reviews. So looks like I'm going to have to check out Command Z. I like Shadow Drop stuff. Uh, what I don't like is I'm a huge Borderlands guy. Uh, the video games. Okay, Borderlands yeah. 1, Borderlands 2. Borderlands 2 is like top three video games for me of all time. Cool. Uh, Borderlands the pre-sequel is okay, but it's good still. But then you get Borderlands 3. Uh, the Handsome Jack collection, the Borderlands Telltale game, uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderland. Like, love Borderlands. The art style, everything about it, the characters, the lore. 
just great time. And when uh, Sam Raimi was making a, or Eli Roth was making a Borderlands film, I was 10 out of 10 excited about it. And then it had some changes in writers, directors, producers, and now it is in peril. Yeah. And I am bummed because you had Jack Black, Kate Blanchett, uh, Kevin Hart, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. Like that's a very weird cast. I feel like for a movie like it's this, it's a very weird game. It fits every okay. every role. I'm gonna have to watch some gameplay for it. It's great. They okay. like I love it all. I need um, some kind of concept because I honestly like. You should play, you should get the Handsome Jack collection on PlayStation. You probably get it for like eight bucks now. Yeah, gives good. you all three mainline games. It's great. Love Borderlands. Um, anyway, I hope they figure it out because Borderlands is ripe for it actually be better for a series uh, yeah. than a film, but I'll take whatever I can get. Any Borderlands content is good content. Uh, last one, and would not be good content. James Cameron has been rumored to be attached to an Ocean Gate film. No, it's uh, not. No, I know that, but like it, of course, afterwards, yeah. like, oh, he's already making it, already making it. So James Cameron finally responded and he made a point to say, I never respond to rumors like these because I don't want to waste my breath, but these are so offensive. He came out and said he is not making an Ocean Gate film, nor will he ever okay. make a film about the Ocean Gate because it's a tra- like a tragedy. tragedy. Now, granted, I, the so was the Titanic. That, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But he did come out and say he's not never will, so I bet he never will now. But somebody will. Somebody will probably freaking Roland Emmerich or Michael Bay. No, there's there's no way to do like lens flares and stuff. And that that's J.J. Abrams. Michael Bay did a lot of a lot of lens flare early on. Jerry Bruckheimer. Yeah. Give me an explosive, <laughs> an implosive Ocean Gate film. <laughs> That'd be a great time. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that's it for our uh, this uh, episode of mostly film. That you got anything you want to add? That was our news. Uh, that was our what we've been watching, and that was our trailer roundup. So uh, this next week or next Thursday, this Thursday, we will be unless you're like me this week. I had a busy week and posted you yesterday. Yeah. So you posted uh, it yesterday. Yeah, yesterday okay, morning. It's fine. I had a very very long week. Oh, and then the Lord spoke to you, me. You Sunday. put too much work into your notes. You should just. Post it. Do description. No need for timestamps. I did for yesterday. Okay. okay. Well, because yes, the, the other ones are easier. You just, actually, they'd be easier for notes because it's just three things. But that's yeah. why I just post those because the notes are the title. Yeah. You can pretty them up. Yeah. Like, so um, anyway, we will be discussing yeah. Green Street, Hooligans. Yeah. And Blue Velvet. Yeah. For our interview portion. And our topic or two will be us. We All we've done for legwork is discuss which directors we're thinking about. Man. Uh, we'll be making our cases for them on air. Um, now, we've done this once before, before we chose the Coen brothers. So yeah. now we're doing it again for this one. So our options will be Tarantino, Paul Thomas Anderson, Christopher Nolan, Dennis Villadueva, Darren Aronofsky, Todd Haynes, uh, Wes Anderson, and Terrence Malick. Okay. Those will be who we discuss. So if today's been a good day for you and we have just... just Mm, you're just feeling something right now. You don't know what it is. You're just like, wow, I need to replicate this feeling again and again and again. Get a yeast infection in your ears like Luna. Yes. That means you need to subscribe. That means you need to give us five stars. That means you need to like, comment, and share. That means you need to just tell everybody, everybody. Organic growth. Yeah. Yeah. 
get get in this growth party. Yeah. Oof. I don't like that. that you said like, it. Sounds like Ron Burgundy about the I'm invited <laughs> to a party in my pants. Uh Anyway, yeah, so this has been mostly film. Uh, give us a like. Give us some ratings. Good ratings. Bad ratings. Ratings. Just yeah, ratings. just ratings in general. We got like eight on uh, Apple and like eight on Spotify. So to you eight people who rated us, or 16, maybe it's eight different people. 16 hey, people. One Thank you. dream, right? Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's mostly film. We'll be back Thursday-ish with uh, what I just described for you. So uh, this has been mostly film. Thank you for listening. I'm one of your hosts, Jonathan McCorder, joined by my beautiful co-host, JP Pate. See you guys. See you guys.